Good afternoon and welcome to Vintage Orange here on KUCI 88.9 FM. I am Ellen Bell and thank you for joining me today here on Wednesday at four o'clock when we talk about Orange County history, my favorite topic and hopefully hopefully yours as well. But I am happy to be here with you today and I have a special guest with me who's going to be talking about a really exciting thing that's happened in Orange County um, up in North Orange County. We have a wonderful uh, historic site that we can all take advantage of. And so today I have Jason Schultz, who is the supervisory archivist at the Richard Nixon Presidential Library, which has just gone through a major facelift. So, Jason, are you there with me today? I am. Oh, wonderful. See, I always get excited when I do this. I, <laughs> Full disclosure, I am, I am a great uh, lover of history, but not necessarily a radio engineer. So whenever somebody's actually there, I'm always like happily surprised. So thank you for joining me today. Sure, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so Jason, as I mentioned, the Richard Nixon Presidential Library has just gone through this major transformation uh, of, uh, I believe, a $15 million investment or renovation there. Tell me a little bit about what has changed at the museum. So uh, the original library opened in 1990, mm-hmm. and in the intervening years, um, not much of the permanent galleries had changed, except for the Watergate exhibit uh, when the National Archives um, came in to run the facility in 2007. So, as you can imagine, um, in that over 25-year span, visitor expectations regarding um, the museum experience have changed, mm-hmm. the kind of composition of the audience had changed, and there's a lot more material, uh, archival material and, and academic um, academic works that have been written about Richard Nixon um, and his life and his administration. So, with that context, um, everyone kind of recognized that it was time to bring the, the museum into into the new millennium. And the museum was closed for a bit, right? The exhibit space had been closed to, to accomplish this renovation. Is that right? Right. It was closed for about a year uh, because the old permanent galleries were entirely torn out and a, and a brand new experience put in place. And so the Presidential Library, um, what what would I find there if I'm going there other than the new things? I mean, it's a, is this like a conventional? I actually have been there. so. <laughs> but if somebody hasn't been to the Presidential Library before, is this like a typical museum, or how is a Presidential Library different? So the, the Presidential Library system is operated by the National Archives and Records Administration, a federal uh, nonpartisan agency. And FDR was the first president to donate his materials, which had been considered to be the, the personal property of the president. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hoover later thought it was a good idea, so he's the earliest chronological president. And then uh, Obama just joined uh, following following when his term ended. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, stuff that's now online, including a, a website for the, the future Obama Library. Um, and so these are both an archive and a museum. So mm-hmm. it's not um, in terms of what's, what's at the space, it's not just museum experience, um, but it's actually a research experience. That's mm-hmm. my role at the library is to, to help run this operation where we have over uh, 1,400 researcher visits a year, um, pulling many hundreds of boxes um, and helping people to use these these materials that we preserve for the life of the public. Um, and then we also have an artifact collection. Do you so need museum, to be... draws on both of these. Excuse uh, me, sorry. Collections. Do you need to be an actual um, historian, researcher? Do you have to be working, working on a certain academic project, or is just the public able to come and access some of this research no, as the well? the public is, is very welcome to come in. Uh, the only rule is that um, if you're under 14, you have a, a parent or guardian 
uh, or an adult accompany you, um, but we're we're open to the public uh, Monday through Friday, uh, and happy to happy to help anybody who wants to come in. So it has kind of a two pronged effect. It's a, it's a museum traditionally, but then it's also a place to help you write your school research paper <laughs> if you need to to get a little more in depth depth information as well. And so if I'm going to be coming to the museum um, or the presidential library there up in Yorba Linda, what would I be experiencing? Walk me through the exhibits a little bit. Tell me about what my experience would be. Okay. Um, so let me give you a little higher level overview before I go into the permanent sure. gallery. So into this major renovation that just happened. Uh, we do have a temporary um, exhibit space, and I have a couple of future exhibits I'll, I'll mention later. Um, there's a replica of the East Room, uh, and then there's also the grounds, including the President's birthplace, which is why the library is sited in Yorba Linda, mm-hmm. uh, the final resting places of uh, the President and the First Lady, and the, uh, the helicopter, um, that you know, the iconic one that uh, took him away from the White House following his resignation. Mm-hmm. So you have multiple things to do other than just the exhibit space that's inside that's telling you the story of that era, but then you can also, it's a a birthplace as well. And um, that is, to me, I think the most incredible thing about visiting the Nixon Presidential Library is the fact that this, you, you see the full circle of this historic you know, figure in our in our history. I mean, not only do you see kind of what his life was like through your museum museum exhibits, but you see where he came from in this little, uh, very humble little house where he he was born in that house. Is that right? Right. And uh, uh, his father built the house. It was uh, one of the kit houses. Yeah, um, and it was it was located on that site. Was it moved there? It was actually right there on that site. It has never been moved right. um, for. For many years, the site was used as a school, and the, the caretaker for the school lived in the house. Okay, and so you go in this, and you can tour. You can go in as part of your visit to the to the library. You can go through the little house where he was born, and then just, I mean, it's, it's a matter of yards to where his final resting place. Is that right? Right. Uh, both his funeral and, and Pat Nixon's funerals occurred there on the library grounds. So you have a full circle experience of of Richard Nixon, where you see the beginning, the very humble beginnings, and then you see how he became one of you know the most powerful uh, leaders in this world. And then he, this is where he comes for his final resting place. So to, to me, it's just amazing to have all of these things in one site. Yes, but. Uh, um, yeah, so as as you go there, you can get that full full cycle, but then you also can walk through the exhibits, which then tells you the story. So tell me a little bit more about that. Right, so uh, the redesign was done. It was a collaborative project between the, the private Richard Nixon Foundation and the National Archives, and Thinkwell is a, an experienced design firm that actually created the, um, the new uh, exhibits. And they're much more, I mean, they're kind of what you would, more in line with what you expect from a modern museum in terms of being immersive, interactive, content-heavy. Um, you can There are interactives where you can kind of dig in as much as you want, or you can kind of quickly walk through the museum and still get, still get a sense of the, the life and times of Richard Nixon because of the, the environment. Um, and it's not... Uh, so the, the previous exhibit, um, as many, I think, presidential libraries are, began with his birth in 1913 which is a year that many young people today especially don't, uh, you know, find any connection with. Mm-hmm. So the new, um, the new exhibit 
there's an orientation film because a lot of you know young people were born or a lot of people were born now after Richard Nixon passed away in 1994, and uh, certainly many more were born since uh, since he left the presidency in 1974. So it's kind of reintroducing people to Richard Nixon. Uh, of course, Watergate is something that that everyone knows about, but there's a lot more to his his life and um, his public service. So there's this orientation film, and then the exhibit galleries actually start right in the middle of things in the 1960s. Uh, it's an exhibit called The Wave of Change that shows the social and political turmoil um, that formed the background for when he was elected. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we see that he's elected president in 1968, and then uh, guests can enter this exact replica of Nixon's Oval Office. Wow, that's great. Um, uh, which is uh, really neat because you can walk around in it, you can sit at the president's desk, take your photo there, um, and just have the, have the opportunity to wander all around it. Very cool, very cool. And so you, you can be in this experience, and then where do you kind of move through the timeline after that? Is It, it kind of continues on that way? Yeah, so then, then you go into, um, you're immediately confronted with Vietnam, like Richard Nixon was on his first day in office, and you see the kind of policy debate um, in that realm, including uh, there's a, a small exhibit about prisoners of war, which is a, a big concern of his. And then you enter um, kind of further presidential era galleries. There's uh, domestic policy, the week that changed the world, which is um, kind of this whole room that's about his trip to China in 1972, mm-hmm. um, and showcasing foreign policy and, and domestic policy in this area. Um, there's a, a recreation of a room at the Western White House, which is, you know, here in San Clemente. Right. And, um, and then showing kind of the, the social events at the White House, because there are a lot of big-name entertainers um, that came to the Nixon White House, as well as the, the state dinners that you would expect from any administration. So you can look at menus and place cards and things like that. So the typical uh, kind of presidential ephemera from that time that you right. see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, all of which we have in our in our archives down below. Um, and then continuing on, um, we see his, his 1972 uh, landslide victory. And uh, and then turning the corner, we get to the Watergate Gallery, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, and so all of, all of the exhibit, including the, the Watergate Gallery, has uh, material so it lets the, the visitor help to make up their own mind about, you know, if they think Nixon did the right thing, or uh, being presented with all the different information, so they can they can get a uh, you know a good a sense as Nixon would have had of of the information available. So, is that are these exhibits have they really changed more in in kind of the how they look or how you interact with them? I mean, I remember this some of this some seems similar to what it was like before when you walked through the for instance you mentioned the Watergate exhibit how you kind of are confronted with these questions and what would you do kind of thing if you were in his position. So, you kind of still have that sense of it as you walk through that exhibit. Yeah, the Watergate um, Gallery was redone back in, in 2011 under okay. an agreement between the National Archives and the Nixon Foundation. Mm-hmm. And so all of that content has been preserved in this new gallery. It had kind of a, a facelift for, for colors to match the mm-hmm. um, the rest of the new stuff. But it uh, has a, a resource center where you can listen to oral histories with people who are, um, you know, involved in all of those proceedings and, and documents that you can see. So it's uh, really just... It's almost like a, a research room on Watergate that's, that's up in the museum gallery. 
So in a sense, you are uh, you, you basically, as you visit and go through the presidential library exhibits, you are kind of walking through time, and you're doing this kind of uh, a physical timeline of what of the Nixon, Nixon uh, presidential years. You're going through and, and seeing sort of the progression of what happened to him and possibly telling the story of why he did possibly what he did and decisions that he made. Would that be accurate? Right. Yes. And then following Watergate, then it, it leads to, to the resignation, uh, and we show his farewell speech to his staff, uh, which is kind of a very authentic Richard Nixon speech. You can tell how, how emotional he is, uh, and so that's something I would definitely advise anyone who plans to visit and check out the library and museum to, to stop and, and take a look at. And then what's really neat, uh, so following that, and they leave the White House, headed back to California, um, at that physical spot in the museum space, um, then you turn a corner, and out the window you can see the president's birthplace. Wow. And so now you're back to the beginning and the early years. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like a, a you go back in time to the beginning, and it, it takes advantage of, of the fact that the birthplace is there on the site and being able to, to look out at it. So then you draw that circle again um, in his lifespan and all of that. That's That sounds wonderful. I can't wait to get up and see it, actually. Uh, I haven't been able to see the new renovations. Uh, but I, I must say, it's. It, it, I was struck when I visited, <clears throat> pardon me, the first time, and how walking through those exhibits and that timeline and, and just kind of reliving it. I mean, I grew up, uh, you know, Richard Nixon was the president really when most of my childhood um, in the 70s. And so I was, I was kind of shocked at how much it brought back the, the culture and, of that era and what it felt like to be, to be witnessing all of this on your television set and to be seeing it on the nightly news and, and how that all kind of evolved in America, in our living rooms. And so it brought back a lot of that for me and in, in the experience of it. So I, I really like that aspect of it. Yeah, and I think the, you would find the new museum galleries do that even more so uh, yeah. in terms of the media that, um, that we make use of throughout the galleries. Yeah, and you do get a sense, too, which which I think I wanted to, to talk to you about, too, is like with, with Richard Nixon, certainly um, you probably couldn't have a more of a lightning rod uh, character as far as people's opinions and, and presidencies and all of that. And and the idea of, of telling a story, and I think it's really important what you do there very well, is for people to understand the context of the history and not just to look at a name or a, or a, a story from present day and say, well, and judge it based on that, but actually to go back and and see what it, what he was dealing with, what the country was like, what the world was like at that time, and possibly understand a little more, not necessarily um, condemn or condone, but to understand what life was like in that particular era. Right, and if there's one thing that I've learned in working with many tens of thousands of pages of these presidential documents is that it's a really complicated job. And, you know, by the time a, a decision or an issue makes it to the White House for consideration, all the easy decisions have already been made. Um, and so it's all a matter of, of trade-offs. Um, and that's what's really neat about getting to work with the archival materials and that you can also see up in the museum galleries, um, is that there's no... 
there's no end to, to the stories that are, are contained in our collection. What have you, um, what brought you, drew you here? I mean, you find that since you've been working at with this at this presidential library, um, that you have learned. What were you surprised as you learned more about Richard Nixon? Did you come? Have you come away with a any different kind of an attitude? Did you learn things about him that you didn't expect to learn? I mean, are there things about him that maybe people would be surprised to find out when they come and visit the library? So um, my key takeaway just is being astonished at his work ethic throughout his uh, political career, and that's evidenced by many thousands, probably tens of thousands of handwritten pages uh, of his notes that we have in our collections. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so he was somebody who was always wanting to, you know, read the next briefing book and make notes and write his own speeches uh, or heavily annotate, you know, suggested speech notes, as well as when he was president, you know, traveling around the world and around the country. Uh, it just boggles the mind how, how somebody could be so so focused day in, day out, uh, while also having kind of the weight of the world on your shoulders and uh, all of these uh, just enormous number of obligations to attend to. Absolutely, and the, the determination um, is really incredible because I think, like you say, when you when you go there and you can see this little house that he was born in, that his father built from a kit, and you see how the the rise of this man, and and it would only take someone who was tremendously uh, determined, and you know, it, it, it to go and see that physically, and it's it's hard to imagine the drive that it would take. I'm I'm sure it's like what you said that the work ethic would have to be incredible to be able to to get to this position in the world. And the things that he saw, and even just the technology changes that happened in his lifetime were quite tremendous. Uh, so building off what you were saying, another kind of theme that you would see running through the galleries is that he was a man who suffered a lot of defeats, including kind of the ultimate with resigning the presidency, mm-hmm. but he always got back up to, you know, try again, to, to fight again, um, no matter, you know, no matter how badly he had been scarred, he felt that he still had, you know, something to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was kind of borne out because by the time he died, he was looked upon as an elder statesman by right. um, yeah, and I do think that his his presidency, that the his some of his accomplishments in diplomacy and the work with China and all of that is really seen as as some of the you know best work, groundbreaking work for a presidency. And um, so I think some of those things were have had a chance to come to fore and kind of even out with the the whole story of of Richard Nixon and not just kind of the infamous ending of his presidency. Um, and I do, I want to go back to that Watergate uh, store uh, exhibit that we mentioned before. And I think that, you know, it, it, it does such a great job of presenting this. I was kind of curious what it was going to be like because obviously you walk in and people would say it would be very simple to see kind of a negative um, spin on things, a very negative period in our nation's history. But there is kind of more of a, a a middle ground where you're able to go in and say, well, well, let's see the whole story and what was he confronted with and what would you do if you had this information and you were in this situation? And it kind of puts it in a little different light. You know, it's a little more, I don't know, reflective, I think, rather than just demonstrative. Yeah. Um, and so, again, the Watergate Gallery, the, the content was from 2011. The rest of the new permanent galleries, uh, something I really wanted to mention, yeah. was... Um, the National Archives has final the 
Nixon Foundation paid for the, the renovation, but the National Archive, um, being in control of the galleries, had final say over, over the content and the, the script, the text that visitors read. And we engaged with four independent historians who were uh, responsible for reviewing basically every single word in consultation with us. And so it led to kind of this new gold standard for presidential libraries um, for, for our exhibits in terms of nonpartisanship and, and uh, faithfulness to the historical record and, and what can be proven versus what is, you know, conjecture. So how does that happen, really, with a, with historians? I mean, how, how do they find that middle ground? Because obviously each presidential library, there's going to be a certain, um, you know, how do you do this without bias and, and any kind of political party, anything like that? How do you, how do you tell the story faithfully like that? It helps to, I mean, just engage with different, um, different stakeholders. That's why we didn't engage with, you know, one independent historian, but mm-hmm. the, more, the more voices you have and, and recognizing that everyone has some bias, but if you can kind of even out the bias, um, that can lead to a, a productive conversation and review of, um, of the script. Right, right, and and I think they're probably that that reduces controversy because you really just need to go back and, and check at the facts, and and that's really how we learn is is what actually happened and, and try and see both sides of it. And I think that that in the past, and I can't wait to come see the new exhibits with even more of an emphasis on that. But I I think it's a very important part of our history, and that's why I, I always tell people who are. Orange County residents and locals that they really need to get up there because it we're so fortunate to have a presidential library within Orange County, um, not just because of the story of Richard Nixon and his his contact here, which is important, but but just like you said, the research, the learning, and American history that is told at a presidential library. Um, I mean, it's something from any any kind of whatever way you look at it. I think you can come away feeling like you learned. Something something important about our country. Yeah, and again, the, the presidential library system, these artifacts, these galleries, they belong to the American people and help to tell the story of the country. Um, so I certainly you know, encourage people to come, and as the supervisory archivist, I certainly like our, our collections to be used <laughs> as well, because um, it just has such a, you know, he was in public life for so long and such an important figure for the second half of the 20th century, that our collections aren't just about, you know, Richard Nixon, the person, but cover virtually every topic in American life during that period. Absolutely. And can I access some of this online? Can I do, I mean, are there any of these documents or uh, the archived material that I can access online for research, or do I need to come actually physically to the, the library? The overwhelming majority of our of our documents have not been digitized. We have about 46 million pages of textual records and hundreds of thousands of photographs and uh, audio and video recordings. Um, so we do have we do have a small amount on nixonlibrary.gov, um, but to really get the full the full experience, uh, it'd be best to to come in to research. Uh, or if you have a specific question, like if you're if you wrote to the president when you were a kid, or you know your your mom wrote to the president, and received a response back. Get in touch with us. We might be able to to provide you with a, a copy of the letter that they had sent in. That'd be wonderful. And they can reach you online. Is there a way to contact you that way? Yeah, uh, and our email address is uh, Nixon at Nara N A R A and is a Nancy A R A dot G O V, um, and we can we can help you out. Great. And your museum hours you're open um, every day of the week. Is that right? Monday through Saturday, ten to five, and then eleven to five on Sundays. Is that right? 
Right. We're and, just closed three days, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. And and it's also just a lovely place to visit. I know people have, I mean, you have event space as well. There's events and, and weddings and things like that. I know that there's a concert series that you have there at the museum. Right. Uh, uh, we have a, an ongoing concert series um, at 2 p.m. The doors open at 1.30 p.m. Uh, these are free and open to the public. And the schedule of the performers is on our website as well. So it's really kind of a cultural space. I know there's really there's speakers that come up uh, uh, every once in a while intermittently. There are some spe- speakers, all different types of topics, um, and they can see all of that online too. But it's really kind of a cultural uh, sp- spot there in North Orange County, not just the history about Richard Nixon, but it's just kind of a, a great cultural uh, gathering place as well that we can all enjoy. Right, and I think you'll see kind of even more events now that now that the new museum galleries are open, uh, and attracting larger crowds, but also with those behind us, we have more energy to devote to, to public programs that we think are really important. Wonderful. Well, when you're driving down your Belinda Boulevard, there up in your Belinda, just you're you're off the Imperial exit, I think, off of the 91. Might be one of the fastest ways to get there, but um, you you won't miss the Richard Nixon Presidential Library and Museum. And so, Jason Schultz, thank you so much for being with me today on Vintage Orange. I appreciate it. I'm so glad the buttons worked and and I had you with me for the whole half hour. You never know. So technology is still working. Uh, But thank you so much for your time uh, of sharing this really important historical resource that we have in Orange County at the Richard Nixon Presidential Library. So thank you very much. And thank you um, for tuning in to... um, KUCI 88.9 FM for Vintage Orange. I am Ellen Bell, and I will see you next week with more more Orange County history. Thank you.